Today's podcast features a conversation that we recorded on Wednesday on the floor of Web Summit. And during the conversation, Sonia Barlow, one of our guests, mentions that she struggled to find a quiet room and that one wasn't provided due to the fact that the conference is a sensory overload. I just wanted to say that actually we did get some information through from Web Summit and they do have a prayer and sensory room which is in Pavilion 1. And they can provide more details about the location. So if you're listening, if you've been to Web Summit before or you're here this year still as this is going out during this year's conference, there is a room where you can get some peace and quiet. It's in Pavilion 1. Have a look online. You can find more information. Just wanted to make that point there uh, and provide some clarification. What is ChatGPT even anymore? I don't know, but there is ChatGPT, which is great. That's hilarious. Welcome to Tech Talks, the podcast brought to you by Nash Squared and hosted by myself, David Savage, that's been bringing you the latest thinking from technology leaders for over eight years. I went on uh, Bing the other day and I was like, right, show me a picture of Sonia Barlow eating cake. And the end result, I kid you not, was... I might have one of those. A Caucasian... <laughs> you, you definitely have a few. was a Caucasian woman with, like, blonde, curlyish hair, big eyes, red lips, eating cake. And I was like, the big eyes, red lips, cake, you got right. The rest of it, we really need to go figure this out. Wow. I've worked really hard to make sure, from an SEO standpoint, I am the Sonia Barlow, yeah, right? Me. And after yeah. me, there is a student somewhere in America who's a photographer Some who's also of Asian-American heritage. So... Even both of us combined, it, it won't a, ever be a white, a white Asian girl. woman, not right? A white girl. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, right. let's 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 kind of start with something semi almost formal and say welcome to Tech Talks, a slightly <laughs> unconventional <laughs> recording on the floor of Web Summit, where yeah. I'm joined by Sonia Barlow, who we may or may not have a photo of eating cake. <laughs> I, if I edit this now, that will make no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Everyone's think, like, what on earth is he on about? I do think that should just be the front cover of this episode, though, just Sonia so that Barlow they understand. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. And, and Alisa, I should Alyssa. have double-checked. Alisa. I was about to say, I'm going to mispronounce your surname, <laughs> and I've mispronounced your first name. Oh, this is awful. Alisa. Cone. Cone. I would have mispronounced your surname as well. <laughs> David and I are just meeting for the first time, but we're fast friends. Well, what's brilliant is we're, we're doing a, a session on stage in about two, two, three hours. Yeah, so luckily you get the, the kinks out. Talking, talking about podcasting. So this, yeah. is, this is almost like a warm-up act. Yeah, um, exactly. No, uh, look, Alyssa, let's, let's start by quickly introducing you. You have, a, you have a podcast, you have a book, your podcast from startup to grown-up. Mm-hmm. I'd That's love right. to know, the, the how do you become a grown-up? I've uh, not figured right. that out. But. You're not the only one. That's right. Well, I have a book. It's called From... So I'm an executive coach, mm-hmm. and I've been an executive coach for 20 years, and I wrote a book about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. called From Startup to Grown-Up. And the reason I wrote the book is because I would go into different startups, and I would say, hey, how often do you guys meet with your leadership team? And they would say, what's a leadership team? Oh. And I thought, yeah, I wish I had a book that I could hand them to help them prevent unforced errors. And then I decided I'm gonna write that book. And that's how I gave birth to From Startup to Grown Up. And I interviewed 14 founders about their personal growth journeys from startup to grown up. And then the interviews were over. And I thought, well, that's depressing. So I invented podcasting. I thought, I know, I can keep interviewing founders (laughs) by inventing something they call podcasting. Mm. So that's what I did. And I thought, what should I call my podcast? (gasps) I know. I already have a great brand from startup to grown up. So that's how I gave birth to the that's podcast. That's such a good lesson because I keep trying to 
build new brands and I'm like, oh, that's a silly idea. I've got one that's been going for quite a long time. Yeah, uh, more brand equity. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's the issue is when you don't realize what you already have and you're always trying to do something new or you're trying to change or reframe things or like separate them thinking it's not you to start with. What's the point? It's just about building your own brand yeah. equity and then making sure you've got a limited company for your brand so that no one can take it from you. Talk, talking of brand equity, I, I'm not going to take you for granted, Sonia, just because you've been on this show multiple times. I'm an OG. BBC Asian Network. Yeah. Everyday Hustle. Absolutely. And an author. It's got some fairly dodgy people in the book, but <laughs> nonetheless, it's done quite well as a sales. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being really honest, in hindsight, there are some interviews and some people in the book that I rather have not have had. <laughs> or in hindsight, I'm like, you really added no value to me in my life. <laughs> but I was so memorized for that moment about your story that I thought it'd be great to put it in. And I think great life lesson is don't think short term present. Think long term. How is this really going to play out? And is it an evergreen story or something that I'm... Are these people even friends that I'm going to stay with for It's lovely to a see while? you too. <laughs> yeah, but you're an OG. You've got a whole, you've got a whole case study, right? Well, I'm, a I'm, case I'm a case study in her book. You're a case you're, study you're a case. Because, <laughs> because we're actually friends and because I actually rate what you do. <laughs> well, okay, that's being far too nice for this. Uh, look, I thought I'd get the two of you together because, look, we're all talking to startups, to speakers, lots of experts here. And it puts you in this rather lovely position of having this nice overarching view of what's going on and what people are talking about. And so I, I decided to send you some questions yesterday. I don't know whether you've had a chance to look at them because you're both I, right I, the business. 100% I, I have no idea I didn't you did look that. at them, right? <laughs> Where did you send them? I, I saw them. I saw them, but I didn't. I don't like to prepare. Oh, hey. And I didn't, well, let's, let's just forget I all didn't those. see them because I'm pretty sure you got out of office that said, I have no access to emails. Bollock. Anyway, they were thank fairly you for sending them. I always send questions in advance to my podcast. I, my podcast I, I rarely do. So, oh, well, I think you. it's good practice. It is good practice. It helps me prepare. What are you seeing? What's going on here? Because the one thing that I heard last night is, oh, my God, everyone's talking about AI. <laughs> yes. I, I want to say that everyone's talking about AI. That is 100% true. I would add that the panel that I did yesterday that was most exciting was how to find opportunity in crisis. Yeah. Because there's a lot of crises in the world right now, internal and external, obviously, and you know, change is the constant. And you know, I think we have to just really get over ourselves to realize that, especially since COVID, I think it's super clear that a lot of unpredictable crises are going to come out of from nowhere. And you as a founder, you as anybody, but certainly as a founder, need to figure out how to manage the business no matter what, in crisis and regular times. Mm. When you have great macro conditions and can raise money, when you don't have good macro conditions mm -hmm. and can't raise money. And so the notion of seeing that crisis can be a, a, a focal point for creativity and constraints can set you free, I think is an important lesson for everyone to take forward. Just out of interest then, do you think that we're in a period of crisis right now? <laughs> I think, <laughs> is that a loaded question? I think we're in a, a norm uh, in the sense yes. that, you know, it's like it, it, there was a bubble, as we know, around uh, money free, free money and literally like money plentiful and money literally free because of zero interest mm -hmm. rates. And now we're back to the place where everybody has to show value. Mm. Yeah. And in order to raise money for their business, but they also need to you know, if you want to recruit employees, if you want to get customers, you have to really showcase strength and sustainability about your business. I mean, I find it interesting because 
I almost feel, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but there's a lot of large organisations out there that are perhaps overplaying this is a difficult market to make some fairly unkind choices. Like there are some very profitable large organisations out there who've put travel bans on their staff despite record profits just because the market's difficult. And it's like, no, the yeah, market's so the, not difficult. This the is just a return to norm. The thing there is, right, just based on what you've said. So a couple of things that I'm hearing, AI, 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 we get it. Like I'm kind <laughs> of in the nicest way kind of bored of the same AI conversation. I like those deep conversations. I like to understand how are you getting it wrong? What are the challenges with AI? How can we incorporate it for efficiencies, not just chat GPT, which I know is how we started this. But based on what you've said about large corporations, I was at a media dinner last night, which luckily I was invited to, and genuinely majority of the individuals there were like, are we in a crisis or is it just a hack from companies to be like, we're in crisis mode, but actually they're making a lot of money mm. and they are therefore reducing their expenditure. But also, especially when the other thing I'm hearing a lot right now is content creation, influencer work, um, re kind of, you know, shaping the creator economy. Is it that they are just shifting their budgets? What one person was paid for in 2020, right? They're now being offered a third of that in 2023. But really it should be going the other way, but it's because there's hyper competition, everyone now mm. can create content and is creating content, but also advertising spend is shifting. So one, AI, two, advertising spend, and three, what I'm really getting a vibe of, are founders and entrepreneurs and startups are burnt out. Mm. Like they are tired, right? This is my first web summit, I think is absolutely amazing. It's really intense, firstly. I actually said to them, I was like, my feedback for you all is it's been really good, but there's three things I'd like from you. One is an iron. <laughs> right, just in case hotels don't have it or a steamer. Hey, you're in a speaker hotel. Absolutely, and uh, we bless, have a, we bless, have an iron in our hotel. No, bless the Marriott is the worst thing in the world. Right, <laughs> this is an iron dress, and obviously you can see it like Sam's filming, but it's not. It doesn't look that iron. <laughs> Two, I was like, you need a silent room. I just want to go in a dark room in the dark space where there's no sound, where you can just re kind of you know re-energize your brain and take a moment out and three you need massages because <laughs> we are all talking so much that not only my jaw hurts and my neck hurts but i think that's what i'm hearing is yes ai to the shift in consumer behavior purchasing power and advertising spend and three just being burnt out and actually taking yourself away from mm. that hyper productivity so whilst i was in the main stage this morning I heard something on the big screen, which was something around the lines of, we send 300 billion emails a day, right? And we now spend about three hours a day on emails. There is no reason yeah. for us to be that like hyper-productive because we're not actually productive. We're just a part of a process that isn't efficient. I have to say, that's a really good point. For a conference that talks a lot about inclusion, I mean, I've never really thought about this until a, a, a comment that I heard yesterday. It is an incredibly stimulating, over-stimulating mm -hmm. environment. Absolutely. I am blessed not to suffer from any kind of I'm fairly kind of I am blessed not, to suffer yeah <laughs> I, I have it, migraines it, it, I have ADHD like you know David you, sent me a text last spectrum, night at nine are you out tonight and I was like I'm in bed going to sleep mm -hmm. because you, I needed I, my yeah. brain needed to rest because it's overstimulating there's a lot of noise there's a lot of light unnatural light unnatural light there's a lot of smells and people are constantly talking and I'm one of them so put my hands up here but I would just like a silent room where it literally yeah. says 
don't talk, especially Sonia Barlow. We talk about <laughs> we talk about neurodiversity and technology, and I there, sh- there must be some space where people. I ask. There isn't. Oh, really? Hmm. There is if you like book out a speaker room right. or a media booth. So yesterday, my team and I booked out the media booth for an hour, right. and we just sat there for twenty minutes and didn't even talk to each other. But that's a good way to do it. I mean, in that sense, they are providing space mm. for that. I mean, you have to sort of maybe engineer it for yourself. And so, I, but I think it's very interesting because yesterday, so I, I'm with you, David. In fact, for me, more is better when it comes mm. to stimulation. And yet, maybe that wasn't true because yesterday, as I was coming back from probably this podcast booth, going, Ugh, I was thinking to myself, how do I come inside myself right now, even though all these things are happening? So it was like, how do I take deep breaths? How do I close my eyes? And I'm just, I, I think it's an interesting interplay between our own makeup, and, and to your point about burned out, how do we do our own self-care and make sure that we are putting on our oxygen masks first, and the founders I work with putting their oxygen masks on first, and then being able to also care for other people. And your point about burnout is so real, because back to the crisis, non-crisis, whatever Absolutely. this is right now, um, plenty of my clients and any startup I know was maybe planning to IPO maybe this year or planning to get acquired maybe this year. Wow, you need some big people. And the point is that that has fallen away, Mm -hmm. certainly starting last year with the IPO market window closing. So then the question is, how do you re-fall in love with your business? How do you Mm. re-fall in love with your team? How do you find a way to kind of re-energize yourself for a journey that you thought was like, oh, a year or two more and is now definitely a five plus year journey over again? And so I think the notion of, and of course it goes out saying we've been thinking a lot about burnout anyway. So how do we as a society make it normalize, not responding to your email all the time and finding ways to take breaks in the middle of stimulation? The interesting there is I have really enjoyed my conversations in the... Uh, kind of transport ride over from the hotel yes, and back. Yes. I kid you not, every person because it's off record, right? So it's not the pe- we can't name who said it, but every founder that has raised money has is literally said to me, "Do not raise money." <laughs> yes. Every founder, like I was in a car with somebody who raised four hundred million. That to me is like mind blowing, right? I'm like, oh, so okay. Well, what are your tips for raising money? He's like, don't do it. Yeah. Everyone, I would say 99% of people are being like, don't raise money. That I find itself quite problematic and troubling is that people who raise money are saying don't raise money. So for new startup founders or scale up founders like myself who are pivoting and moving and shifting, it's like, okay, well then what is the, what, what shall I be doing? Is it a slow growth? Is it a money? Is it a beg and borrow steal? Is it a loan? Is it? I think bootstrapping, bootstrapping. has become sexy again. 100%. It's only sexy when they give you money to allow you to bootstrap. Well, the question is, how do you bootstrap based on resources Absolutely. as in like, you know, let's say a, a small friends and family or even debt, uh, debt financing is now becoming more into vogue. Um, somebody who was on my podcast, Greg Gallant, Gallant, who's the founder and CEO of Muckrack, he talked a lot about slow growth, how he didn't want to be on that venture Absolutely. roller coaster. That's what every founder said to me today in the car. They were like, if and you're how the, yeah. it was challenging. Exactly. They yeah. were like, if you believe in your business, which is something that I really picked up through Web Summit. Mm. So another trend is, if you believe in your business, just keep doing it. And there's nothing wrong in a lifestyle business because I think there's a lot of shame around a lifestyle business. But Even at that this word. Point, right, exactly, lifestyle business, well, yeah, like to pay my bills and feed me. <laughs> there's no shame without a lifestyle business. So 99% of people like, don't raise. If you're gonna raise, make sure it's on your terms and you only take what you need and don't worry about raising again. Or 
bootstrap and grow slow because if you believe in it so firmly, you don't need to be paying to be at these conferences. Like, you know, obviously we're at Web Summit, but you don't need to be asking people for money. You just hustle hard on your own time and your own growth so that you don't burn out. Because what it seems like is founders are working really hard right now. Things are tough. So they're working extra double time. They're not meeting their targets. And so therefore, they're quite stressed with their businesses. It goes back to your point. How do you fall back in love with your business? My 2023, I had two words of, three words of the year. Limit, recover, and fun. Limit was set limits on myself. And kind of introspect, be, be introspective and think, okay, how am I going to help my brain? Recover was very similar to that, was health. But fun was let's just have a good time because I've built something really cool in a couple of years, but you haven't really enjoyed it. And I fell out of love of my business. It's taken me to fall back in love with myself, to fall back in love with my business, but I can only afford to do that because I don't have investors, shareholders, or a board to some extent. Is that a good or bad thing? I don't know. But there's a level to that where you have to kind of find balance. Let me throw into the conversation then a, a quick question as a starter for 10. What's the other buzzword that you keep hearing? Outside of AI and Gen AI? Mm. Do you have an answer in mind? Your, your voice. Well, your based, based on based on mind. what Sonia was talking about. I've heard raise it. money, don't raise money. Everyone keeps saying the word authenticity. Really? Because I've heard augmentation. Oh, okay. Augmentation. Which is still an A word. Like <laughs> I kid you not, this was nine a.m. yesterday. Nine a.m. Right? Like I've just come into Web Summit. It's my first one. I'm talking to the people at like AK Virtual and Sega. Right? Like big names here. We get into the topic of death. It's 9 a.m. And we're like, maybe death is now a choice. What we mean by that is, even if you die, you can come back as an augmented figure, <laughs> as someone in AR and VR. That's right, that's right. That's how it started. So this is where the universe is now going. It's like, well, actually, living is a choice, dying is a choice, and well. sticking around is a choice. You know what I mean? But that's, that's kind of the conversation that I've maybe, maybe I've been privy to because I've surrounded myself with people in the AR, VR, augmentation, influencer space. Or just like death. Or death. Yeah, death. I'm not really sure why. You I, know, think, I think there's a chance but we've fallen down our own rabbit hole if we're saying I, death yeah. is a choice. I, right, exactly. I'm a deep, I'm a deep talk girl myself. However, I've not been talking about death surprisingly <laughs> here. But uh, I want to talk about authenticity because I talk about that in my book, and yeah. everyone talks about authenticity. And what I think they mean is air quotes authenticity, as in they want you to be authentic. People want you to be authentic the way they think you should be being authentic, in a certain way a little bit of a tear, but you're not falling apart. You're saying direct things. And um, I think that if, you know, the, the way I think about it is the first person you lead every day is the person who wakes up in your pajamas. And if you're a grouchy person when you first wake up, and if you're in a bad mood or whatever, people don't actually want you to come into work and be authentic. You know, um, this, to the talks we've had on stage are not like authentic. What they are, hopefully, is letting a doorway in to see people's humanity. Yeah. And I think what we really want is to connect with people as people. Absolutely. But we don't want full authenticity because the truth is that that would bring up a whole can of worms about people, let's say, not managing their insides and having their little demons running mm. you know, And also what's roughshod. happening in the world and kind of the consequences of, of, of all the conversations around Web Summit. Like, that's kind of for the car journey in or, you know, for, for someone that you know to be like, oh, what's your opinion on X, Y, Z? And so I completely agree. I mean, a lot of the work that I do with LMF Network is all about authenticity, accessibility, diversity, inclusion, and also the app that we're kind of launching. But ultimately, it's that, it's that common phrase, right? Bring your whole self to work. Well, no, you can't bring your whole self anywhere because you don't want my whole self. You want my whole self 
version of this version here, right. which exactly. is what we're doing, right. but not the other side of it. And that I, I, there's no quick fix to that. And the problem is that because we're in crisis management, because we're in financial uh, kind of strategy mode, because we're trying to figure out where our next buck comes from, I think the problem is that we are regressing. And so no, no longer are we focusing on culture and community. We're focusing on where are the coins coming from because that is our real priority right now, which is a consensus all across the board. Like there's mm. no two ways around it. You see it on the internet, you see it in the news, you have the conversations here, right? Everyone, when I say everyone, that's a generalist term, people are like, you know, when they come and meet me, they're like, so what are you here to raise investment? I was like, no, I'm just here to connect with people. What are you here for? We're here to connect with investors so we can get money. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is this is a real sales strategy for you. And then you have other founders who off the record are like, we can't take hard sales anymore. Like, we just can't do it. We need relationships. We need to know what you're bringing. We need a network. We want a founder fit. We want something which is far more authentic that we can invest in so that we can have a inclusive growth strategy and then if you want to top it up with a bit of an AI or gen AI uh, enablement in your app we're all for that too by the way I do feel that maybe sticking some cameras and a microphone in the car some kind of carpool Smart interview data. would Very be a good content I, I thought interview. about it That's I good. asked them <laughs> nobody consented no consent is really important they were like no and also because they don't the, want to be authentic the, car, the carpool chats are the best they are and, all, and that's because they're think, off the record but I think that's because they're off the record yeah, right and, and and people I mean we've got cameras here I'm being facetious have we changed are, have you changed David you've got two cameras around I, you no unfortunately I'm incapable I think. <laughs> um, He's too authentic. <laughs> I, I was doing an interview about half an hour ago in the press room because it was the only space they had. And as we were talking, they were setting up the press conference for the new Web Summit CEO, Catherine. Is Which is happening new, right now. Is there a new CEO? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh. apparently. <laughs> Which is heard. happening right now whilst we do this podcast. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, look, so she's she's probably got a bit of a free hit with regards to Web Summit Qatar and even possibly... Collision and uh, Web Summit. Rio. What do you mean by free hit? Sorry, they're already in kind of flight. Okay. I mean, there's there's not as much that can be done with the programs now as would be Web Summit Lisbon. But I next guess she's year. here for crisis management, which is what you know. But when she gets out of before. that, what what do we think of Web Summit? You know, some people have said I love Web Summit. Right, I'm going to go on the record and say this I love. This is my I first one. I am already planning my next trip here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but. People have said it's got too big, it's got too glitzy, it's too starry, it's kind of Saying lost itself. That, I was at breakfast today with a Ghanaian founder. Right. Um, and it's his first web submit. And he outright frankly said, I'm not coming back. He was like, I can't. He's like, firstly, his words, not mine, but I'm going to paraphrase. He said, I prefer smaller intimate chats where people aren't trying to sell to each other and where they're trying to actually build relationships. I prefer deep conversations where you can be more authentic about what you're saying. And I prefer kind of off the record meetings and invites. He goes, Web Summit is like a big party and festival. Yeah. It's great if you just want to mingle, but actually it's not for, again, serious business owners. Okay, so there are conferences out there if you want that. But mm -hmm. Alyssa, you, you, I assume, get to go to a number of different conferences. Yes, I do. What do you think Catherine needs to do with this conference? Does she need, does she need to change it? Is it fine as it is or... 
could there be some nudges and changes of direction next year to make this? Yeah, you know, Web Summit has an opportunity for change right now because of the circumstances. Mm -hmm. And Catherine has the opportunity to re reconfigure and rethink what Web Summit could be. Mm -hmm. So the truth is that 70,000 people, 90,000 people, whatever that is in this big event, is one component of what Web Summit can be. I, I want to say that what Web Summit has also done very well is, and I've done these in the past, I've led and facilitated round tables where they take small groups of the attendees, bring them together in you know, uh, self-selected formats to learn something and also to create small groups together. I think also that some of the startups like Alpha and whatnot have like certain tracks to make them in smaller groups. What they have the opportunity to do even more is to create spaces for real talk conversation amongst founders, like a peer group situation, like almost a YPO situation. We all know they have Founders Weekend. They could find moments of that inside of the summit. They could definitely have more quiet spaces so people can kind of find themselves inside of Web Summit. So there's much more opportunity to rethink what else they could do besides a massive, big kind of event. Yeah. At the same time, I think what people come to Web Summit for is having so many people from all around the world, from all walks of life, right, from media, entertainment, entrepreneurs, influencers, all come together from all over the world. And I will say, as we all know, there was a controversy about Web Summit this year, and mm. the reason I came is because I genuinely, I know to be true, my TEDx talk was about this, about the need to be in spaces where people you disagree with and to be able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations and conversations in general, in real life, not on Twitter, in real life, with people who don't necessarily share your worldview. So that's number one. Number two, I truly, sincerely believe with all my heart that entrepreneurship is the gateway to world peace. And so if we are going to not gather in person for this incredible opportunity, we are kicking ourselves outside of the realm of like what's possible when we gather for one-on-one -on -one conversations. Yeah. And it's my first web summit and I've truly enjoyed it. Um, I've enjoyed the setup. I think everything you nearly need is here. I've loved being in spaces that I wouldn't necessarily be in. So I you know, interviewed Sol Campbell, footballer, going into tech. Um, you know, the founder of Pixar, the founder of Zopa. These are incredible people that I only would like have had access to, but they're here. And they've said yes to the interview request. I've been able to walk up to people and learn. I think it's a great space for learning new trends, understanding where the industry is heading, being in the relevant rooms with the relevant people and connecting with them. I guess what I would like to see is more of that guided networking, the actual mentorship, not the speed mentoring, which is not something I necessarily believe in. Um, I'd love to see a bigger woman in tech stage, stage because they obviously have one, but it's not, I, I don't think there was done enough, enough was done around kind of, you know, amplifying that woman in tech element, which is really key, especially when we think about diversity and inclusion. So from my understanding Web Summit, I'm all for it and I will go to the next one until we can no longer go but I would just like them to reassess where the priority stages are and how big certain stages are, certain voices are, and, and, and topics and concepts. So I think that can be jigged around a little bit, right? I don't think every conversation needs to be around AI. It's really important, but it doesn't need to be in the title. I think we need to have like conversations around climate, sustainability, world peace, economic growth, women in tech, without just focusing on one niche of tech and focusing on actually the, kind of the, the whole market and especially the skills conversation I feel is slightly missing. Mm. And that's what a lot of people come to these conferences for is what skills do I need? How do I pick them back up? And therefore, how do I transform my career? 
Look, we're a half-hour show, and, and you two could probably break that format quite happily, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be kind of rigid and unchangeable. Um, look, last question to you both. If you think there's one thing that people should be taking away from their time in Lisbon, um, what would you say it is? What do you hope that they are taking back to their businesses, to their jobs, and, and, and keeping it front of mind? Um... I'm sort of a broken record on this topic, but this is the kind of gathering where you're able to make connections. To your point, Tanya, about access. Access is everything, and your ability to build community here. So I would say everyone should take away building relationships. So meeting people you haven't seen in a long time, again, in person, yep. and also sowing the seeds of relationships, which are ultimately going to be what helps you, the key factor in building sustainable business, career, and frankly, happiness over time. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo that. So networking is what I'm hearing Alyssa say, which is awesome. So I'm not going to repeat what she said. I think it's a reassurance of validity that, we, we, that we're doing good, that we are good enough, that we can keep on going and that we're on the right track. I, I think often as founders, startup owners, investors, friends, speakers, we are always running to the next thing that we forgot to live in the present and we forget to think, oh my God, I'm here. That means I've kind of done something that's been recognized. I've been spotlighted. I'm doing well. Just take a moment to like sit in your feelings and be like, okay, well, this is reassurance that I'm kind of on the right track and I feel validated. Let's just keep on going and seeing where it grows. Thank you both for joining me for this unusual recording of Tech Talks, but lots of fun. Thank uh, you for asking. Thank you, David. Enjoy the rest of your time you uh, in Lisbon. Yeah. If, if people want to connect with you, Twitter, Instagram, um, oh, sorry, X, Instagram, LinkedIn, <laughs> what's X? Uh, how would they do that? What's the best way? For me, the best way is LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And also come to my website, alyssacone.com, and you can download my five scripts to help you have delicate conversations and one to make your life better at alyssacone.com forward slash scripts. I love that. And you could just Google me. <laughs> the Sonia Barlow. You will find the someone Sonia with Barlow. some cake. Sonia Barlow, S-O-N-Y-A-B-A-R-L-O-W. Sonia Barlow UK across all socials, soniabarlow.co.uk on my website. And if you really want to be a friend of to me, subscribe to my YouTube, like and share. Thank you. Thank you both.